this morning. Uh, we're going to wrap up the series that we have been in over the last two and a half months as we have been walking through and looking at the book of Proverbs. And we've been in this series, The Proverbial Life. And hopefully through this series, we've dealt with some uh, challenging topics. We've wrestled with a few challenging topics together. If you missed any of those, I'd encourage you to go back. There's a number of topics that were things that I think we need to address and, and talk through. But through this series, we've said, God, you've got wisdom, right? You had a plan here. You didn't just wing this thing. There was a design with how you intended things to work. And if we will work in cooperation with the way that you've designed things, it will actually be blessing in our life. And so the challenge for us is, will we actually do that? And there was a phrase that I've used, and you've heard me use this phrase over and over again, and it's what? It's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. What is this word fear? Remember, it means a recognition of one who is greater. It's a submission to one who is greater. And it isn't just a generic sense of the Lord. No, it's L-O-R-D, Yahweh, God, the God of Scripture. This is what we talked about. And if you were here for week number one, what was the primary, the, the key verse of the entire book of Proverbs is Proverbs 9, verse 10, where it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to experience wisdom the way God intended for you? It happens only in submission to his ways, to his purposes, submission to his design. And so today we're going to look at a couple of verses uh, that I think expound on this idea, and it's going to help us answer one of the biggest questions that all of us wrestle with when it comes to faith, and it's this. How do we experience God's guidance in our life? How do we experience God's guidance? Because I got people all the time like, I, I, how do I know? What, where's God leading me? What's he taking me? All those kind of things. It's a question we all wrestle with. Okay, well, how do we do that? The text we're going to look at, I think, is going to do this because we all crave it. We want it. And I would guess that there's some people here in the, in the room this morning, the only reason you showed up to church today is because you got something going on in your life and you're just hoping that God's going to give you a word today, right? They're like, I'm going to say something that's perfectly going to give you that guidance because you crave it. And I believe if we will actually heed the scripture that we're going to look at today, I think God is going to help us on this journey of what does it mean to allow God to guide us in our lives. If you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, I'm in the NIV if you are pulling it up on your phone. Would you stand with me across the room? If this is your first time. There's nothing sacred about standing. It's our tradition around here. I say it every week. Why? We say, God, your words matter way more than my words, okay? So it's an opportunity for us to do something physically to, to show our reverence for God's words. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse number 5, says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways... Submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray today that you would help us to listen to what you have to say. That we'd shake off any of just the religious duty mindset, and instead we would be responsive to your voice today, and to what you've asked of us. pray that in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. No sitting down. Stand up. Nope. You don't get to sit down yet. Some of you are just ready to sit down. I'm... I mean, maybe we're going to do a little something. I want to make sure you're awake with me this morning. So we're going to play, play a little game, all right? I need you to follow with me, okay? Follow along. This is a little follow lead, all right? Everybody, touch your nose. Everybody, touch your ears. Okay, we're not doing Simon Says. Just touch your knees. Greg says. Greg says, touch your shoulders. Greg says, touch your knees. Greg says, touch your ears. Greg says, touch your nose. Greg says, touch your butt. Greg says, touch your neighbors. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Sit down. <laughs> Jeez, somebody thought they had an opportunity right there. 
So games like this, games like that are like super easy. It's like clear. I know exactly what to do. You say it, I do it. Boom, easy. And I think for most of us, we wish this is what it was like to follow God, right? To have God guide our lives like he's just literally in our ears telling us moment by moment, do this, do this, and just I'm just going to do it. Exactly, right? Every one of us craves that. But I think most of us find ourselves struggling living out this idea of God guiding us in our lives. It's like, what does it look like? How do I do this? What is, what is the best way? God, how am I supposed to be responsive to your voice in the way that you're calling me to? And so the, the two verses that we just read in the book of Proverbs, I think they give clarity about this idea of God's guidance in our life. And the message we're going to look at today, I'd say this is going to be a meat and potatoes kind of meal. How many of you like meat and potatoes? Okay, this is a meat and potatoes. Some of you vegetarians, this is tofu and potatoes which sounds awful, okay? Um, this is a meat and potatoes kind of meal. Uh, there's nothing really crazy about this. This is one of those truths that we have to come back to over and over again. Because you all may know what we're about to say, but we all struggle to live it. We all struggle to, to, to persevere in this thing. And, and my prayer this morning is that God would rekindle this in our hearts and help focus it in some areas that maybe... We need to be focusing. We've gotten a little off track in it, all right? And so I'm going to walk through this passage. Keep your text open as we look at it together. So the text starts very simply. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust. It's, it's a word that I probably preach about more than any other word. I find it coming out of my mouth on a regular basis when I get up here and preach because trust is really, really important to faith. But it's more than just faith. Trust is foundational to every relationship. If there is no trust, there's no way to actually build a relationship with someone, right? I don't know how to, I don't know how to relate to you if I can't actually trust you. That's the foundation that's needed. Have you ever caught somebody in a lie, right? You caught somebody in a lie, and it suddenly like, whoa. I don't know what to do with you right now. I tell this to my kids all the time. Like, kids, I want to give you responsibility. I want to give you opportunity. I want to give you all these kind of things. But if you lie to me, I don't know what to do with you anymore. <laughs> like, if you start lying to me, I don't know when I can trust you then. Right? It, it breaks. It's going to actually cause a problem in our relationship if I can't step out and trust you. Because, because when you lie, it breaks that thing down. Trust is so vital to every relationship that we have in our lives. But trust is also vital to faith in God. In fact, trust is the foundation of it. Trust is the essence of what this whole idea of faith is all about. Faith isn't just a mental exercise. Someone's like, I'm going to have faith. Yeah, I got faith in God. I just think things, right? I believe things in my mind. It's, it's more than that. You've heard this definition that I use on a regular basis. It's faith is belief lived out, right? Faith is belief lived out. When I have faith in God, it doesn't just mean I think things in my mind. It says that my life proves some things that I think in my mind. You know what I'm saying? There, there has to be an action accompanying by this thing. Every time we live out our belief, we begin to exercise trust in our God. Okay? When you say, I believe this thing, just like we say it all the time, I believe that chair is going to hold me up. There's no trust in that statement until I sit on it, right? Like, it's just a nice little happy thought in my mind until I sit down and see, will this thing actually hold me up? See, that's what trust looks like. And so uh, we prove our trust with our actions. So when it says this, it begins, the phrase says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. 
Not in some vague idea. Remember, this is the all caps letter. Just like fear of the Lord, this is trust in the Lord. This isn't I'm trusting in some generic sense of a God out there, some power out there. No, I am trusting in Yahweh God, the God of Scripture, the God as revealed in Christ. That's who I'm putting my trust in. I'm believing in him. I'm believing in what he has said. I'm trusting in who he has revealed himself to be. Like we said this morning, seeing Christ on the cross is a revelation of who he is. And so therefore, when I trust that God, I trust a God who is willing to give his very life for me. It must be lived out. It's something that I react and respond to. Trust in the Lord. But the rest of the phrase is trust in the Lord. Nope, go back. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. Now, when we read this heart in our society, what is heart? Oh, our feelings. I trust in the Lord with my heart. I just feel it in my heart. That's not what the word heart meant in Hebrew. In Hebrew, your heart was more than just the seat of your feelings and like your gushy part of you. Your heart was the seat of everything. It was the seat of your mind, your will, your intention, your faith. It was all the things incorporated in this. So trusting the Lord with a heart is not just like, oh, I feel like trusting God. It's saying, no, God, I trust you with, sometimes it's just an act of will. It's stepping up. It's sitting on that chair even though I don't know whether the chair is going to hold me up. It's an action of saying, God, I choose it even if I don't feel it. All right? And that's what God's calling us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. We go on then, and it says this. And lean not on your own understanding. This one's hard because we think we know. Uh, remember when you were a teenager and you thought your parents were idiots? Remember that? Okay, some of you teenagers still think your parents are idiots. And then you remember that day when you realized they weren't as stupid as you thought they were? Like you got older and you were like, oh, they knew what they were talking about. They're not as stupid as I thought they were. See, teenagers, there will be a moment in your life. You may not feel it right now. There will be a moment when you're like, oh, my parents, they were actually, they knew some stuff. They'd, they'd been around the block before. <laughs> and the sad fact is, I think, for most of us, that we oftentimes can relate to God like teenagers relate to their parents. That, that we think, we never say it out loud, but we're like, I know better. <laughs> I know better than you, God. <laughs> I know the right, I know what I should do. I'm smarter. You know, we, again, we don't say it out loud. We don't go to God and say, I'm smarter than you. But the functionally, the way we live our lives, we're not leaning on him. We lean on ourselves, don't we? When we choose not to pray about something and we just go off and do it on our own, that shows who we're leaning on. Is our trust in him? No, I didn't even ask God for his involvement. I didn't seek his will on this thing. I just did what I thought was right. See, this is a challenge that every one of us, I struggle with this because I think I'm smart. Like, I think I know. I've got a level of wisdom. I've got a level of intellect and experience. And you might say, well, Greg, those are really good things. Doesn't God give us those? You're right. God gave you a level of intellect. He gave you a level of wisdom. He's given you experiences in your life that you can use. He's given you people around you. But, but that was never supposed to be the foundation of your life. He is. And the question isn't, do you use those things? The question is, where do you go first? What is your foundation? Is it leaning on your own understanding, your own wisdom, or is the foundation of your life saying, God, I want to know what you have to say about this thing? I want to build my life on what you have to say, how you have led me. What are you demanding of me? What have you asked of me? What have you called me to? 
What have you said was the right thing, God? How can I build my life on that, not on my own ideas? See, sometimes this isn't rebellion. It's just carelessness. We're, we, just, we just think, oh, I got this. I'll figure this out. Like that, that's, that's what happens. I think in my own life, I don't think there's ever any point where I'm like, God, I don't care what you have to say. I'm just doing my own thing. Most of the time when I'm doing my own thing, I'm just thinking, I got this. I can figure this one out. Oh, if it gets really rough. You know what it is? You ever have those moments where you're not praying very much and then something really, really tough happens in your life and suddenly you find yourself praying a lot more? Because you realize in that moment, oh, wait, I'm not enough. But when you weren't praying before, what was the reality in your mind? You thought you were enough. I thought, I'm, I think I'm enough at times. And God's saying, no, no, no. Could you lean on me? Could you trust in me? Don't lean on your own understanding. See, we live in a world, let's be honest, this is the, the story of our world right now. We don't want to lean on what God has to say. We don't want to trust what he has to say. We lean on our own understandings, right? We want to actually throw out anything that was God's idea, and we want to create our own understanding of what the world. You define everything. Everything is being redefined based on what we think is right rather than what God has said. And God's saying, no, no, I don't want that for your life. I want something better for your life. And, and I, remember, I designed this thing. I have a plan, right? I have a plan for your life. But it's found in submission to me. It's found when you begin to say, God, I, I'm willing to live your way. I'm willing to follow your path. So we get this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him. I love how the NIV actually translates uh, this passage where it says, uh, submit to him. Because I think it reveals the essence of what this passage is actually saying. Because many of you might be familiar. How many of you ever heard, in all your ways, acknowledge him? Has everybody heard that? In all your ways, acknowledge him. That's how it, it, it's been translated in some other translations. If you go to the original Hebrew of this, it means literally, in all your ways, know him. That's what the literal language says. In all your ways, know him. What does that mean? In everything I do, like no matter what it is, in every area of my life, recognize him, acknowledge him, understand him, live in response to that. See, knowledge of God must be revealed in our behavior. If you say, yeah, yeah, I know who God is, I follow God, okay, let's watch your behavior because our beliefs will behave. What we really believe will show itself in the way that we live our lives. And he's saying, listen, if you want to say, you want to follow God, okay, it's got to show up in your behavior. It's got to show up in the way that you live things. And so that's why I love, this is the essence of it. In all your ways, everything you do, are you actually submitting to God? Are you acknowledging, are you living in light of the reality of his authority over your life? Now, that's a nice, cute little concept for us to say, but it has to play out in every area of our life. How many of you uh, have a natural reflex of hitting the brakes when you see a cop? Just be honest. Okay. <laughs> I do, right? I don't even have to see the cop. Amber's like, cop. I'm like, hit the brakes, right? I don't even think about anything. I just hit the brakes. Why do we do that? Because we don't always submit to the speed limit. <laughs> and we know that about ourselves. We hit the brakes. Why? Because I, I might not be submitting in that moment. I might not be paying attention, right? Every one of us, we're all guilty of that at times, okay? And I think this is the challenge of this phrase, because what's the word? The word is all, in all your ways, all your ways, submit to him. 
we're really good about submitting to him in the areas that we want to. I am, at least. Maybe you're more spiritual than I am. Like, you're super good, and you submit in all the ways. I like to submit in the ways that are convenient to me. I like to submit in the ways that make sense to me. I like to submit in the ones that are, you know, that, that don't require too much of me, right? I like the, to submit in the ways that other people would agree is a good way to submit to God. But that's not what he's asking of us. He's asking us to submit in all the ways, not just the easy ones, not just the blatant ones, not just the ones that are culturally, you know, desirable in some way. He's asking us to submit in all ways. No hidden parts, no secret closets, no exempt boxes, no this area. You know what? I know what God asks in this area of my life, but, but it's okay. He'll be okay. Grace, mercy. That's called disobedience. <laughs> it's called rebellion. That's called not submitting. That's called saying, I say I believe in God, but I don't actually. See, he's, a, he's asking us, would we submit? We want to say, God, I want to follow you. Great. Okay, cool. Then what are the areas in our life that we need to submit? We want to experience his guidance in our life. It begins in this posture saying, God, I'm willing to submit. That's what he's asking of us. Trusting the Lord means submitting to the Lord. If you say that you trust God, but you don't submit, you don't actually trust God. If I say that I trust God, but I don't submit to him, then I don't actually trust God. I'm lying to myself and to everybody else. And so, God, I, I have to be willing. If I want to say I want to trust you, I want the good stuff, I have to submit to you. And I want to say this because we challenge you all the time to be in the Word of God. We got our New Testament reading plan we're still going through. Some of you do other reading plans throughout the week. You can't submit to one that you don't know. Because how do you know what to submit to? Well, I, go, I, I think I'm submitting. Do you know that? Do you know what God actually says about that area of your life? That decision you need to make, that issue of morality, do you even know what God actually asks of you in that area of your life? Some of us are like walking around, you know what, I don't read my Bible ever. The only scripture, the only understanding of what God has to say is what I get from you, Greg, on Sunday mornings. But you show up once a month, which equals six hours of me teaching you scripture a year, and you're going to submit all, submit all of your life based on that little bit of teaching. We're in trouble if that's the case. And so if we're actually going to follow God, if we're going to submit to him, if we're going to serve him with everything that we've got, it demands us actually know what he has to say about stuff. What is he actually asking of us? What is he calling us to? It demands me. I can't just get up on a stage and try and preach. I got to be in his word every day saying, God, what are you asking of me? And every time I get in his word, guess what? Sometimes God will like shine a light in this moment like, ah, I need to get this right. I need to bring this under your authority, God, because I'm acting in rebellion in this area. He's speaking directly to my heart. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been in God's word, and there's a revelation, and you're like, oh, God, I need to respond to you. But if we don't put ourselves in a position to respond to his word, then we don't actually know how to submit Him to him, right? So the challenge, would we put ourselves in a place, would we regular ga regularly gather with other believers and get under the authority of his word and say, God, how is it you're asking me to submit? Would we put ourselves on a regular basis, whether it's opening a Bible, whether it's opening an app and hitting play while we're driving the car, listening to God's word and saying, God, how can I know more and more of who you are and what you expect of me as a follower of Christ? Are we actually doing that? 
I want to challenge us. I don't want us just to be a cute group that gets together every Sunday, but live like everybody else does. That's not what he's calling us to. He's calling us to a higher place. He's, he's desiring something greater for our lives, but it's only found in submission to his purposes and submission to his ways. Okay, it doesn't happen when we care, when we lean on our own understanding and we go our own direction. It requires us to say, God, I'm not going to listen to what I have to say on this one. First and foremost, I want to hear what do you have to say. And I'm going to come under your authority. Right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. He will make your path straight. When we do the first three things, we can be confident that God will guide us. Now, it happens on two levels, and I want to kind of clarify this for you. Naturally, it's the natural outcome of being submitted to God. Is you might like, what? Well, yeah, but I didn't hear like this voice in the mountains telling me what I should do. You're right. If you're already responsive to what God's already spoken through his word, you are being guided by God. You can be confident of that. You don't even have to ask the question, am I being guided by Yes, I am, because I am being responsive to what he has already revealed through Scripture and in Christ, okay? Got that? But there's another level to it, and I love this. The Scripture here when it says, he will make your path straight. What does that even mean? He'll make your path straight. What they're talking about is that, that this idea, like, if a path goes this way or goes this way up and down, he's saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm moving this path, making it straight. And actually, the language in the Hebrew also refers to this idea of making an uneven path level, okay? So here's what you understand, is that when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways you're acknowledging Him, it's saying literally that God actively is preparing the way for you. He is making a straight path for you. He is making level ground for you to walk on. The God of the universe is doing that on your behalf. How many think that sounds amazing? Right? Like every single one of us wants that. And so we are left with a choice. We can continue to go our own way, to lean on our own understanding, not to trust in God, to do our own thing. Or we can turn and trust in God and have the God of the universe plow the path before us. That's the choice. And I think I want that in my life. Now some of you might think, sweet, if I do all this perfectly... That God's just going to lead the way, and it's going to be amazing, and I'm going to have lots of money and friends, and everything's going to be perfect and awesome. I just want to clarify that for you. I've said this before. A lot of us want, we want to be in the center of God's will. How many of you ever prayed that before? God, I want to be right in the center of your will. God, what do you want from me? What's the center of your will? And that's a good prayer. I think that is the right prayer to pray. But just, just so you know, that Jesus was in the center of God's will when he was hanging lifeless on a tree. Okay? And so we have to come back to a word that's the beginning of this passage. And what's the word? Trust. If you want to be guided by God, he will guide you. But here's what you have to remember. You have to trust in where he guides you. Because a lot of us want God to guide us only if it takes us where we want to go. In which case, who's guiding us? We are. But to say, God, I, I trust in you. Trust in your path. And you might guide me somewhere I don't want to go. <laughs> but I trust in who you are. And I'm going to step into that path. I'm going to walk where you're asking me. 
Sometimes God, the path God leads us along, it may be smooth. It may be a clear path, but that path may still have pain on it. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've done the thing. You've been obedient. You've been submitted to God. You've walked according to his purposes, and it's actually reaped pain in your life. And in those moments, we have a choice. Will we trust God or not? We say, God, you know what? I'm not trusting for a result. I'm trusting for who's going to walk with me. I'm trusting the one who will guide me. And I'm trusting that in the fullness of time, I'll look back and recognize he was with me all along the way. There's been times in my life when I didn't know what was going on. In the moment, it felt like, you know, you ever had those moments? You're like, I can't even see straight. I can't. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, God. I'm just trying to put one foot in front of the other faithfully following you, God. There's been seasons in my life like that. And in the moment, I didn't sense like God is guiding me. Oh, this amazing moment while the Lord is leading me step by step. I didn't see that. I was just trying not to die in that season. We've all had those moments in our life. But then I look back and I say, he was with me every step of the way. I didn't get it at the moment. I didn't see it in the moment. But I know he was with me. And I think everyone, I could pass the mic around here to people this morning who've experienced the same thing. We want God's guidance. We want the cute, we want the amazing, oh, look at God guiding me. It requires us to say, God, I'm, I'm going to walk with you. The culture that we live in right now is the antithesis of this. Culture right now says, nope, we're not trusting God. We're going to lean on our own understanding, right? We're going to do what we think is right. That's all we care about, right? We're not submitting to anything God has to say about anything. No, no, you do your own thing. You do what feels good to you. And what's the result? Instead of a straight path, what do we have? Chaos in our culture. But see, the enemy wants to do the same thing for you. He doesn't want a straight path. He doesn't want you to have a confidence that there is a God walking with you. He wants you to experience absolute chaos and to be standing on ground where you're like, I don't know where I'm going anymore. He doesn't want you looking back and seeing the hand of God on your life. He wants you looking back just as confused as ever. And I think what, what God is calling every one of us to is to say, would we step out into trust? Would we actually follow him this way? I want to get to our big so what. We always say this, so what? What's the point of this thing? If you forget everything else I've shared this morning is this. God's guidance requires trust-filled obedience. God's guidance requires trust-filled obedience. We want guidance, but I want to ask you this. Will we be guidable? That's the question. We want to be led, but will we actually allow God to lead us? When I think about this, I think about my little, my little runt of a dog, Millie. I've said this before. You know my little dog, Millie. She's about six pounds, just like a little cat, smaller than a cat, actually. Just like a bunny rabbit. And, um... And when we, we try to take her on a walk sometimes, and she drives me crazy at times because she's like smelling things and just trying to grab things and just like, okay. And there's times where I'm like, I don't even want to take her on a walk. Like she drives me crazy. But I think that's so often how we are in our lives. It isn't until Millie actually is willing to submit to my lead. Like Millie can't go everywhere. She doesn't get to run anywhere. Right? If she wants to actually go on this walk, she has to stay by me on a leash. She's only going this far away and walk closely. Okay? 
But if she'll do that, I'd take her anywhere, right? I'd walk her anywhere, because that, right? Because there isn't this pull. There isn't this... But I think a lot of us, we don't live that way. God has greater things. He has some things he wants to do in your life. He wants to lead you. But you're not even submitting to the things he's already asked of you. I'm not always submitting that way. And so if we want to experience this sense of God guiding and walking alongside us, and we want to be on this amazing journey with God, it demands us to put ourselves in a posture of submission to say, you know what? I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me where you want me to be. I'm going to, I'm going to obey the things that you've already asked of me. And in that, I believe that there is going to be life. See, this is the paradox of the gospel. The, the paradox of the gospel is that oftentimes the good comes in a way that doesn't make sense to us. You want the life of Jesus Christ? You want Zoe life? Die. You want freedom? It only comes through submission. You see, we think, oh, freedom, I, gotta, I just got to be carefree. No, no, no. If you're doing that, actually, Scripture says, no, that's when you're in bondage. But it's when we actually choose to submit to God, to submit to his authority, that we experience the true freedom. Because we're under the authority, under his design. Remember, he had a plan for your life. He has a plan. And if we will submit to the maker, we will experience life. Okay? See, this verse that we just walked through here this morning, it, I love it because it sounds just like Jesus. You trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? All the good stuff comes when we will submit our hearts to him. And what did Jesus say in Luke chapter 9? He says this. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. You want the good stuff, right? You want to follow me? You want to walk in relationship with me? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. See, Jesus is inviting us into this. He wants to guide your life. He wants to walk through it. But it only comes in submission to him. As we put ourselves in a posture and say, God, I choose to trust you. And I'm going to walk with you. No matter what the path is, I'm going to operate in a position of trust with you, God. So some of you are like, well, that's a cute passage, Greg, but you have no idea what I'm going through right now. And I don't. You're right. You don't know what I'm going through. None of us know. So how do we respond? Challenge is whatever you're going through, would you respond this way? Like some of you are walking in the door and like... Spiritually, you've got challenges going on in your life. Like you're just wrestling some stuff, okay? There's some of you that maybe are walking in the door and you've got financial burdens and challenges that you're, you're struggling with right now. Okay. Will you operate in a position of trust? Will you operate in a position of submission even when you don't understand it? For some of us, maybe there's an issue in your physical body. You're dealing with pain. You've got some sickness. You've got some disease. You've got, you've got, we've got a number of people in our congregation that have gone through hard things of late. It's a challenge. How are we going to respond? Some of us, it's your relationship with your kids. Man, you got a relationship with a kid or a teenager or a grown adult child, and you're, you're just like, it's toxic right now, and you're, God, I don't know what to do in this area. I need your guidance in this area. For some of you, maybe it's a, a marriage. Right now, you're sitting next to your spouse right now, but you guys can't stand each other. You're just trying to fake it here at church today, or maybe your spouse isn't here because you don't even want to be by one another. Like, God, I don't know what to do here. I need your guidance in this area. I get it. For some of you, maybe it's in your job. You don't know what's going on. You're, you might have just lost a job or you might be losing a job and you're struggling. You're, God, I don't know what to do. 
There's some of you, maybe your emotional health, you're just in a place where you're just feeling overwhelmed and you're just, you're just barely making it day to day. And you got, God, what do you want me to do? How is it I should live? Some of you, you've got decisions. Like right now, there's a decision you need to make in the coming weeks, in the coming months, and you don't know what to do. There's some of you, you're just, you're just overall stressed with life. And then, then you got some of you parents out there. You're sending that kid off to school for the very first time, or you're sending him back to school, or you just sent a kid off to college, and you're feeling overwhelmed, and you don't know what to do. We come back to this passage over and over again, and we say this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. He will guide. He will make the ground level before you. You might not understand it. You might not even like it always. But it's the posture of our heart. I'm going to invite you to stand with me across the room. Would you pray with me? God, I... I just thank you, Lord, that you, I just believe this with all my heart, God, you are a God who is trustworthy. You are a God who is trust. We took communion already. We remind ourselves that a God who is willing to lay his life down on my behalf is a God worth trusting because I believe that you have my best interests in mind. And whether I understand it, whether I see it, God, I trust in you. And Lord, I pray across this room right now, there are people in every circumstance People walking through challenges, walking through difficulties, overwhelmed by life, not sure what's going to happen next. But God, we believe that you are a God that we can trust in. And sometimes we got to remind ourselves of that. And so, Lord, I pray this morning, so we have a moment just to pause. God, I pray in our hearts, Lord, we would once again submit ourselves to you, God. We would put our lives before you. We would trust in you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.